I want to bring greetings officially to Rachel, you and your husband. Is it Mike? Did I get that right? Yes. So happy to have you with us. You know, when you are uh, uh, given the opportunity to be around people whom God is using in a special way, um, it, it's great to be able to have them live and in person. And let me just say, uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. If we were to say, um, well, let's, let's think about the uh, the wonderful organization Samaritan's Purse, and we do the Christmas. Uh, boxes uh, every year. And by the way, that's out there and we hope that you'll be contributing to those. But if we were to say, guess what? This morning, we have the, the, the person who heads up a Samaritan's Purse, who is Franklin Graham, the son of Dr. Billy Graham. He's with us this morning and we're going to get a chance to hear from him. And that's really what we've had this morning. From uh, Little Dresses to Africa, we have the person God raised up, chose to build that wonderful ministry. And uh, thank you so much for taking time to come. And thank you for the spinoff, the fruit, the icing on the cake, so to speak, that comes with common thread and all these good things uh, joining together. I'm just so, so thrilled and so excited and happy uh, for the things that God is doing through Lakeview Ministries. So, yeah, give God praise and glory. Amen. So uh, I know you've already had a couple of messages, and so I'm not going to be lengthy. I need about 10 or 11 minutes. Would that be okay, something like that? You say, I'll believe it when I see it, but I really did. It's only, <laughs> I usually come up here with about eight or nine pages, and I've got, I've got three and a little line on the fourth one. So I, I really meant business this morning. So listen, when I'm working with a person sharing Christ with them, and had that opportunity even just this last week with someone, I don't know if he's in the audience today, I hope he is, I haven't seen him yet, but when I'm working with a person who needs Christ, I automatically begin to pray within myself. I think about it in my mind while I'm, while I'm sharing, how can I help this person see something about who God is and how he wants us to live? who God is and how he wants us to live. I have no question that when Rachel takes the teams over and they, de- they deliver the dresses and whatever, they're, they're saying the same thing uh, in uh, Malawi or wherever it is they're ministering. So who, help these people to see who God is and how he wants them to live. And why do we ask that question? Well, it's because <clears throat> the mind, the mind, the thinker, the thinker part of our bodies without God is a mind that is focused upon everything but God. Now, can I say that again so we catch that? The mind without God that does not have God is a mind that is focused upon everything but God. And that's why people lack things like this. When they don't have God in the mind, they have their minds on everything but God, and that's why they lack peace, they lack purpose, and they lack assurance in their lives. And those are just some of the things that uh, God does for people that belong to him, that have been adopted by him, as uh, Dr. Krauss mentioned. You say, well, peace, what are you talking about, peace? No peace from the guilt of the past. No peace. Without God, no peace from the guilt of the past. No purpose that has eternal value. Now, lots of people have purpose. Lots of people are building companies and are doing good works and all kinds of things, whatever. But I'm talking about a future, an eternal purpose, and a, pur- a purpose that will last into eternity. And no assurance, really, of what happens after this life. 
So a mind without God is a mind that lacks peace, it lacks eternal value purpose, and it lacks assurance of what happens after this life is finished. In America, I don't know if you've thought about this much, but perhaps this morning because of some of Rachel's words and this weekend for those of us who have been a part of that, but in America it's so easy to become embroiled in the myriad of options this country holds out for most people. And so it becomes necessary for Christian leaders, uh, your Sunday school teacher, your, uh, your small group leader, uh, your pastors and different people, your, your Bible study leaders. And, and when we get together like this in the preaching times, it, that's why it's so important for Christian leaders to keep certain things about the character of God and the values of heaven in the teachings of the church. And that's what we're doing this morning. This morning, we are helping the congregation, the community of believers, to keep in mind, as we have all these options to think about in America, all kinds of things to distract us, and many of them are good things, but to remember the character of God and the values that heaven requires. And if we don't, we get caught up in these things. <clears throat> and so the church exists to help us with that. So today, we have a wonderful opportunity. We have a teachable moment because we've been blessed to have a person with us this weekend whose life literally demonstrates an effective model of something we need to be aware of in our study of, of, of Philippians. You never thought I'd get there, did you? You thought he doesn't have time to do Philippians today, but I do. But let's read the word first. And I want you to be watching for the, for the, uh, for the trigger, the trigger phrase. Watch for it. It's in the last line underlined, but let's read it. Philippians 3.15. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, that means spiritually mature. That doesn't mean totally, totally perfect, 100% perfect, because you can't do that in this life. But let us, therefore, as many as are spiritually mature, have this attitude. And if anything, uh, if any, if, and if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. Now, why, why would he do that? So because sometimes, not, all Christians don't always agree on everything. And so as we mature in our journey with God, and we talked about that last week, that there is a spiritual maturing process that begins when we, are, when we first come to Christ, when we're first saved, born again. And there is a maturing process that we should be engaged in until the day we die. And so in that spiritual maturing process, sometimes we don't get it right away. And so Paul says, hey, I'm telling you some things, and maybe you don't see it just yet, but you will. You, you, you will see it. If your mind is open, and if you have a teachable spirit, you, you will see it, and it'll be okay. God will reveal it to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Brethren, join in following my example. And observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I've often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction. Whose God is their appetite. And whose glory is in their shame. And here's the trigger. Who set their minds on earthly things. Who set their minds 
on earthly things. So the Apostle Paul says that destruction, you know, I was looking at the fires in California. It's terrible what's going on. And some of these people are standing not too far away from the home that they bought, built, were trying to pay for or paid for or whatever. And it is totally destroyed. There's nothing but bricks and a chimney. That's destruction. That is total destruction. Paul says that destruction awaits the person whose mind is set on earthly things. That's a problem, especially when there are so many earthly things in America uh, to choose from. So we have to have constant reminders through the church and through our studies and Bible studies and all those kinds of things so we don't get uh, caught off guard. So here's what I've done. This is going to sound like an appraisal of Rachel's testimony, and it's not meant to be that. But it's a teachable moment for us. You know, it's sort of like when when my kids were still young and they were still with us. And we'd be watching a movie or a TV show or whatever, and I'd say, stop, stop, turn it down. Did you just see that? Did you, did you hear what he just said or what she just said, whatever? That's nuts. What, that right there is wrong. What, what you just saw there or heard there is wrong. This is what's right. This is what God says about that. And so many times over the course of their lives, I mean, I stopped the movie. I stopped everything. And I want to make sure my kids don't get a wrong signal and get caught up in things that are not proper. So here are some things that I took note of in some of the things that Rachel shared with us in her testimony. It's not exhaustive. And and I said I only had 10, 12 minutes, so I can't do everything but here. But okay, here's four things real quick. I'm going to go boom, 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 boom. Number one, here's what she said, among other things. Took a vacation for fun, ended up hearing from God. That was one thing. All right. Number two, heard from God, but delayed my response. Number three, responded to God, but I was ill-prepared. And number four, I determined to give God all the glory. I even heard her say that this morning in the Sunday school class. Okay, let's take a look at those four very quickly. Just going to breeze right through them and then we'll be finished. Number one, that because we're learning from her experience, okay? Number one, I took a vacation for fun and heard from God. You know what, Mike, you're making us all look bad because you took her all the way to Africa for a safari for her birthday. My goodness, I, you know, how do we live up to that? Thank you very much. We appreciate that. <laughs> Woo, boy. Uh, listen, a safari vacation can result in a ministry to serve Jesus. Isn't that interesting? A, a fun safari ended up becoming a tremendous ministry to serve Jesus. You know, if we're listening to God, He speaks even when we're on vacation. This puts a whole different perspective. Now, listen, I'm going to tie some things together here, dot to dot. This puts a whole different perspective on a missions trip that can help us hear something from God. I heard there were at least two openings for the latest missions trip that we've got going on. Somebody in here ought to be thinking about, maybe I need to be on that. Somebody in here might be thinking, I I, I can't go, but I could do this. I could get somebody there. Somebody that God might say something to just like he spoke to Rachel. Isn't that a great thought? I mean, think about it that way. God may bring you back. I'll tell you, once you get out of America... 
and you begin to see how the rest of the world lives, you, you realize that we don't have it so bad. We don't have it so bad. God's been pretty good to us. And so we need to be careful because if we continue to live in the bubble of America, we can get caught up with earthly things real quick. Not necessarily bad things, just distractive things, distractions. And so that was a good thing I caught from her testimony. Number two, she said, I heard from God, but I I, I had a delayed response. Now, she didn't share that this morning, but yesterday she did share what the delay was all about. She said, came back from the trip, heard from God, but uh, I got busy. Uh, It was like I got excited about Christmas. I mean, how do you not get excited about Christmas and Santa Claus and the decorations and good food and families getting together and all of that? And so she kind of put that that word from God on the back burner for just a little bit. And so that tells me that, you know, I, I need to be careful in my own life when it comes to sports. Hello? Hello? Some of us are already thinking about whether Tiger Woods is going to catch the two, he's down two strokes. And you're thinking about that more than you're thinking about God. Amen? I mean, that happens. Sports, and we got, we got hobbies, and educational pursuits, and travel, and all physical fitness, and I gotta, you know, I gotta ride my bicycle today, and I, otherwise I'm gonna fall back, and I'm gonna, I gotta, and, and they're all good things, they're not bad things. At some point, Rachel reminds us that we need to bring even good busyness into perspective so we don't miss what God wants to do in our lives. That's a great truth. That's a teachable moment right there. Okay, number three. I'm moving quickly, huh? <laughs> Rachel said, move fast because I get off my, my, my talk. Responded to God, though ill-prepared. So we got people say, well, I, I, you know, I'd like to go on that missions trip, but I, I don't know. I don't know if Cindy Birchall will tell me how really bad it's going to be. How really bad the, uh, the, you know, the showers are, no showers, or how bad the restrooms are, or no restrooms, you know, and all, and how bad, how much work is it going to be, and how much is it, you know, how many blisters, and how much, you know, can I, and all the th- reasons why we're not prepared uh, to be able to do this. The lack of formal training, or reasonable preparation, I learned from her, does not disqualify us from being successful in the things that God lays on our hearts to do. And so I told the group yesterday, I, she heads a ministry that has sent over 8 million dresses all over the world, and guess what? She can't sew very well. <laughs> How do I know that? She told us. She confessed it. And I said yesterday, I, I immediately turned my attention. In fact, I went back on the inter- internet just to make sure I was remembering it properly, and I did. And I, I shared yesterday, and I share with you this morning, that the name Carol Simbola came to my mind immediately. This is a woman who's never had any formal music training. And yet she leads today one of the most inspirational music groups in the entire world. Maybe you've heard of it, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. No formal music training. No formal seamstress training. But when God is in it, 
This is not anti-education. This is not anti-training. This is not, listen, I want somebody that's a journeyman if he's going to build my house and put my cabinets in. I get that. And you want people that have studied and learned discipline and, and have some credibility, all of that. This is not to put that away. But just don't limit what God wants to do when he puts something on our hearts. Amen? Let's, let's stay believing and thinking on the bright side, the positive side of life. Never underestimate what God can do when it is God who has put the passion in your heart to serve Him in some way. Number four, determined to give God all the glory. What, what if I told you that there are many generous people in this world and in America and many benevolent organizations in the world that do a lot of wonderful things for a lot of hurting people? But the ones that give the glory to Jesus are the ones that point people to eternal hope. And they don't all do that. So in other words, we can have a benevolent heart and we can, we can be generous in our desire to uh, help people that are down and out. And whether that's because it makes us feel better about ourselves or what, whatever the motivation is, there are a lot of people that don't know Jesus that do nice things for people. But they do nice things without giving Jesus the glory. And the Bible teaches us that those kinds of works are dead works. They may be nice works for here and now, but they are dead works. They don't count with God. The things that we do that give Jesus credit, that give Jesus praise, that give Jesus glory, are the ones that matter to God. And so Paul reminds us that we must train our minds to be more consistently thinking about the character of God and the values of heaven. If we don't develop this pattern for our daily living, we may find ourselves being mesmerized by the options that can pull us away from God's purposes for our lives. You know, if we don't see these things, we won't stand firm, we won't stand steady. Um, you know, when I, when I come to, to bring a message uh, I, I have I have just tried, tried to work really hard to do my homework. Uh, I, I I hope that shows. If it doesn't, I I'll just try harder. But but I really do try to do that. And you know, I we didn't bring this guest in, and just okie dokie, somebody wanted to bring him in, and we just did it. I, you know, I I check things out. I, my my job is to protect this flock with God's help. And, and the ones that get through should be ones that God blesses and affirms and whatever. And, and, and so that's why she got through. And, 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 uh, and so, listen, I also know you have critics. I also know that. I also know there are people, and you addressed it a little bit this morning, there are people who think that you're messing around with their culture. There, there are other people who, who think that all you are doing is taking America's junk and cast-offs and, and trying to make it look like uh, we've done some, somebody a big favor when all we gave, gave them was an old used uh, a pillowcase. Listen, there's every kind of a way in the world the devil will come against the things that God wants us to do. If you stand up for Jesus. When a church stands up for Jesus, he'll bring everything in the kitchen sink against a heart for God that wants to see people get saved and to see people come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, so you got to stand firm. You got to, you got to know who you are. You got to really be in the word. And, and I really appreciate that, um, about her and the ministry. 
And that's why the church helps us to stay on track or to get on track. And some of us get off track once in a while. It's okay. You can get back on. You can get back on. Uh, To say that I never get off track, you need some help. (laughs) Because nobody stays on track all the time perfectly. It doesn't happen. Paul already said that. So here here are three verses that I want to just bring wind this down with. And I want you to let these go deep into your spirit based on just everything that we've said so far. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Think about this. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ Jesus, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. How much more clear could he be? Well, there's another one. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And then we haven't studied this yet, but if Jesus tarries and we get into chapter 4, which we're ready to do in our study of Philippians, we're going to read verse 8. Finally, brethren... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Not the earthly things that may or may not be evil or bad, but dwell on these things from above. Amen? That's great teaching. That's great teaching from Paul and a good word from the Holy Spirit for us. And so I'll close with one one commentator's uh, summary of this. And this is how he put it. He's talking about the character of God and understanding the values of heaven. The character of God and the values of heaven. That's what we need to be about. Such heavenly values dominating the mind produce godly behavior. Sin will be conquered and humility and and a sacrificial spirit and assurance will result. So a sacrificial spirit that wants to make sure kids get a dress or little boys get some britches, as she called them, that's a sacrificial spirit that makes that happen. And one of the things that the mind without Christ is lacking is assurance of what happens after this life. So, you know, you get all these things. You get, you get victory over sin. Uh, you, you, you get a, a humble heart because that was how Jesus was. He said, be like me. Christ-likeness means being humble. A sacrificial spirit that is willing to give above and beyond. And then there will be an assurance that we have peace with God, purpose from God, and a marvelous eternity with God forever by keeping all these earthly things from cluttering our minds. Isn't that good to be reminded of that? Some of you are doing really great with that. Some of you, it's kind of new. Some of you are probably struggling with some of it. Some of you, if I said it, if I, if I said it uh, to get your attention in the way that would get your attention, it would probably make you mad at first. But we all need that. Amen? One way or the other, we all need to set our minds on things above and not on things below. Now I want to close the service with a time of prayer. 
And I'm going to invite people to come to the altar for prayer. And the first people that I would like to invite to come to the altar, not because uh, you've, you've done anything that you need to repent of or anything like that, but for prayer. It's time for school. Our, our Lakeview Christian School already started this week. Some of you are getting ready to start. Some of the universities have yet to start. Uh, and, and so I'm going to invite every person in the sound of my voice who works in a school, teaches, volunteers in a school, drives a bus route for the school, uh, is an aide in a classroom, or whatever it may be, People will get out of your way. They'll stand up, get out of your way. We want to invite you, and Dr. Krause, if you'd just come and help lead the way to come, we want to say a prayer for you. Now, I know there's lots of you out there, so come on. I'm not talking about just Lakeview Christian School. I'm talking about the public schools, at at universities. If you're involved in, in education in any way, we want to pray over you so that you can be making the difference that God wants you to make. Then I'm going to ask... Those of you who have felt especially touched and appreciate the ministry of Common Thread and Little Dresses for Africa to come and represent that ministry so that we can pray over them. So would you, would you as you've felt touched and blessed by Rachel's uh, testimony and her story and uh, Millie and Diane's uh, work with Common Thread, I want you to come forward. We want to close in a time of prayer for these two very, very important uh, issues. I want to give you time to get there with heads bowed and, and with our eyes closed for just a few moments. I wonder how many would say, um, I'm, I'm not up there at the altar, but, but I, I appreciate this prayer and I'm joining with you in prayer. Just slip your hand up if you're not, not up here. Okay. So you can see that there's a, there's a tremendous affirmation for us to pray over these, these matters. So, Father, it's been a joy to have uh, Rachel come and share with us today, someone that you spoke to uh, in an unusual way at an unusual time and whom you have used to bless so many little girls and, and, and some boys in hard places, 87 countries around the world, something like that. And we just thank you for all of the hard labor and work that's gone into um, that ministry, and we pray that you will continue to bless her leadership. We know the enemy comes against you and against things like this, and so help her to hold up strong. Thank you for a husband who supports her and and um, who believes in her and is assisting and goes with her, protects her. And we just thank you, Father, for her willingness to take time out of her busy schedule to come and, and be with us. Bless her real good. Give her safety, them safety as they travel home. And continue to send reports back of the great things that you're doing uh, for hurting and lost people. Thank you that she gives Jesus the glory. And we do continue to, to pray for the ministry of Common Thread and the way they're touching so many lives and cancer patients and people in nursing homes and, and places that, that uh, only you know where there's tremendous burden and need, hurting like we can't believe sometimes. Thank you for what they're doing and continue to lead them and protect them and guide them. And we pray a rich blessing upon that and the, the work here in the church. Now, Father, we thank you so much for every one of these workers who are a part of educating uh, people, especially young people. And we would ask, Lord, that you would give them uh, safety. Uh, some of them, them are driving uh, vehicles 
and they have to deal with issues of discipline and people that don't really know you and love you and, and challenges in that way. They have, they're in harm's way out on the highways and byways. And we pray for the, the, the volunteers who go into the classrooms, the aides, uh, for all of the special workers who are going in on special assignment, working with special needs, uh, young people. And we pray, God, for those that are uh, teaching in our high schools, junior highs and high schools and our elementary school that each one of these teachers, especially in the Christian school classroom, uh, would have great wisdom and discernment and uh, teach our kids how to set their minds on things above and not below. And Lord, for those who are uh, working in uh, our university settings where they are free to talk about Jesus, may you continue to bless their efforts and build their programs and, um, and bless their influence in the classroom for we we don't know how confused some some people are coming into the classroom uh, with uh, great needs and 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 burdens and so give them wisdom and effectiveness and lord for those who are working in secular schools where uh, even though they do their best to talk about the lord in different ways where they can protect their jobs while at the same time they have courage to take advantage of those moments where they can speak and show a good influence and a good model. These are, these are strange times that we're living in, Father, that to, to try to lift your name up can create great turmoil in our lives sometimes and affect our jobs. And so give our people wisdom to know how to stand up for Jesus and to be able to preserve their work. And so, Father, thank you for a new school year for the opportunity to have young people coming back into this place here in a, in a few days, for the college students that will be coming back in in the next week or so. And we just ask God that this will be a place of refreshment, encouragement, and challenge for them through Lakeview Ministries. We love you and we, we lift our prayers in unison to you, asking you for these blessings and for these helps. And all of God's people said in the name of Jesus, amen. And praise the Lord. May God bless you. Thank you so much for coming forward. Let's all stand together. We're going to be dismissed. It's a quarter till. You've got time to get in line before all the crowds get there, hopefully. And and God bless you. Thank you for being so attentive. And once again, let's give God praise and glory for Rachel and Mike coming. And I hope they'll be back in the foyer to answer your question. Why don't you go on back now, baby? And Diane and Millie, if you'd take them on back there, because you may have some questions that you would like to ask and get more information. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. And be safe out there.